Welcome aboard Bus One. We're on our way to Renton, Washington, and we've got some time to kill. Before we introduce ourselves, let's not play pretend here. We all know what the topic is today. One of the best time killers, especially on a bus ride, is a little game called Dungeons and Dragons. This may be considered more of a bus 2 activity, but it really should happen on any bus anywhere at any time. Gamers, go ahead and introduce your characters. What's up, everyone? It's Aiden the Awesome. I'm a, I'm a swashbuckler rogue who of course you are. loves to backflip into any situation. Or out of any situation. Uh, what's up? I'm uh, Cameron, the cantankerous cleric. Yeah! Um, I'm just kind of pissed off. I'm not feeling that great. And uh, I'm going to ruin some days. What does cantankerous mean? I've never heard that word in my life. I'm like a, I'm a cranky, cranky bastard. Oh, okay. He's yeah. a cranky, cranky boy. With canker sores. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yo, yo. I'm Connor the Conqueror. Whoa. I'm a chaotic, <laughs> evil human fighter who just wants to beat the shit out of what's ever in front of me. Which is All right, well, so good. unlike you. Damn. <laughs> we are going to be doing a lot of that today. So I, of course, am your DM for this trivia-filled one-shot. Before we begin, let me go over the format and the rules for this game. So your characters will be traversing a dungeon with three rooms. Each of the three rooms will be monster-infested, and your characters must defeat the threat each room poses to move on. There will be five questions for each room, and each question is an opportunity to deal damage against the threat. The first person to answer correctly gets the opportunity to roll a d6 and add their modifier, which I'll explain in a second, and that is the amount of damage you deal and the amount of points you receive. Each threat does have a set HP, so if you're unable to defeat the threat by the end of the round, it will have an opportunity to attack. It will attack the person who did the most damage to it, which will decrease your amount of total points by that amount. No. At the end of nice. Oh yeah. At the end of each level, your modifier will increase. So room 1, very simple, your modifier is 1, room 2 your modifier is 2, and room 3 your modifier is 3. And of course, uh we are doing the challenge rule. At some point during this game, I will give you a fake answer to one of my questions, and you will have one opportunity to challenge that answer at any point throughout the game. If you correctly guess which is the fake answer, you get a critical hit and will roll 2d6 and add your modifier. If you incorrectly challenge the true answer, you will lose 2d6 plus your modifier. So let me point out, if you're paying attention, if you wait until the end to challenge a question, you will lose more points if you get the question wrong, but also could potentially gain more points if you get the question right. Just wanted to point that out. Nice. At the end of the game, the person with the most points wins. And of course, there is no Googling. And in the case of this episode, no fudging your, di your dice, your dice rolls. So I, I hope you all know what that means. Don't, don't lie about what you roll. No, that is Mitch, I'm going to roll a nat 20 for everything. On a six-sided well, six die. <laughs> On a six-sided die, very nice. <laughs> That's how you know it's legit. Yeah, I think technically speaking, if you roll the highest on any die, it's technically called a crit. If you rolled a six on a six-sided die, then that's a crit. I I think. I'm, I don't actually know if that's true or not. I'll have to look that up afterwards. <laughs> so so here's this thing I present, and it may or may not be true, but we can't look it up until the episode's over. So we're just going to let that hang and 
Exactly. We're just going to let it hang and we will definitely not clarify at the end of this episode. Um, (laughs) We'll clarify amongst ourselves at the end. All right. First and foremost, are there any questions about the rules or any questions of any kind of nature? Uh, do is our party comp good? We can we yeah. meta game? What we have a cleric, and, we, we have a bard, items? and we have a hey rogue. Thank you very much. A rogue. Sorry. Oh, you've got oh swashbuckler rogue. Yeah, that's basically just a bard. Yeah, who is a rogue? <laughs> and then what were you again, Connor? I'm a fighter. A fighter. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good party comp. You got a spell cast, or no? You don't have any spell casters well, other than a cleric. Yeah. But you have you I'm have not a... healing you guys. Just FYI. Dang. <laughs> Yeah, you got a you got a rogue, got a fighter, and got a cleric. That's oh, yeah, so cantankerous of you, Cameron. Yeah, yeah. you. Someone's got to heal someone. <laughs> I'm gonna heal myself, and that's it. Cantankerous hey, Cameron looks out only for himself. <laughs> I don't need no healing. He has to blow all those healing spells on his canker sores. Well, let me set the scene for this uh, one shot that we're doing today. So, during a routine protection detail for your employer and dear friend a centaur named Dante the Stallion. You had been ambushed by kobolds on the road to Waterdeep. Normally, kobolds would be easy business for strong adventurers like you, but these kobolds seem to be equipped with tranquilizer darts that, after a few (laughs) failed constitution saving throws, put you on your asses in six seconds flat. Hours later, you awake to find Dante the Stallion missing. You rush to find any leads as to where he was taken. And luckily for you, you find skid marks where they dragged your dear friend deeper into the forest. Do you mean, sorry, not to interrupt, but do you mean like shit skid marks or like (laughs) tire skid marks? Like he's a centaur. He's a centaur. So if they're dragging him someplace, in my my head canon, there's just a trail of shit leading (laughs) off into the woods. You know what? Tranquilizer darts will do that to you. In my head canon, Dante the Stallion has tank treads where legs (laughs) (laughs) So following the trail, it brings you to the mouth of an eerie looking cave. You gingerly approach and see at the cusp a ragged looking sign that reads, Beware of falling stalagmites. You gulp with dread until you realize that stalagmites are the ones that grow from the ground. So you laugh at yourselves at how stupid these kobolds (laughs) must be. But then you realize, how can kobolds be this stupid, but still figure out how to make tranquilizer darts? You shake off your uncertainty and enter to find a small room with a lit fire at its center. Huddled around the fire are a group of five kobolds as they giggle and regale each other with stories of their first kisses. Aww. You have an opening to kill them now. Oh let's God. begin. <laughs> Wait, let's begin round one. Wait, I want to. I want to see what their kisses were like, though. Yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> lame and stupid. Yeah, yeah, they were, <laughs> yeah. You you listen. You listen for a while, and all of their stories are extremely lame. Did they <laughs> it's all? Like, was their first kiss all each other? Could that be kind of cute? They all. Yeah, it's all the queen. There we go. It actually yeah, just happened like two minutes ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Whoever whoever sent them to go take Dante the Stallion gave them a kiss for the for a job well done. It was their all <laughs> their <cute>. first kiss. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's the mission. It's not rescuing Dante. It's we got to get a kiss. Trying yeah. to get that. Oh, trying to get that smooch. Mitch, Mitch, this is D and D. You can't tell us what to do. Yeah, that's fair. Mitch, well, I try to kiss one of the kobold. Cold, cold, well, cold, let's. Cold block, I'll give you an cold, opportunity. Cold, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to, to cold, do that when Corey in the house is cold Oh my god! Cold. I'll give you an opportunity to do that if you correct uh, or if you give a right answer. All right, let's go ahead and start with question one. 
Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy tabletop role-playing game originally designed by Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. When was the very first version of Dungeons and Dragons published? Closest to the right answer gets to roll damage. All right, Cameron, you're first. I'm going 1975, Mitch. Okay. Um, uh, Aiden. I'm gonna I'm gonna undercut it. 1974. Okay. And Connor. I'm gonna box him out with 1973. Well, you're all very close. Aiden, you are correct. Yes, baby! <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons uh, was first it. published in 1974 by Tactical Studies Rules, but since 1997... You mean a bunch it's been, of nerds. Yeah. Uh, but since 1997, it's been published by Wizards of the Coast, which is now a subsidiary of Hasbro. Yeah. To this date, the game has undergone 11 evolutions over the years. Since 2014, the most current version is 5th edition, a.k.a. 5e. So, uh, Aiden, go ahead and roll damage. For damage. Uh, two plus one, that's three points of damage. All right. Three points of damage. Nice job. Hey, Aiden, which cobalt did you hit? Uh, <laughs> the one the one who was like, who secretly hasn't had his first kiss yet, and he just Aww. wanted to fit in, and he's kind of been like changing the subject every time they like ask him about it. I hit him first. <laughs> that's sad. He deserves it. Yeah. That's yeah, very fuck sad. that guy. Don't lie to your <laughs> Fair friends. Fair enough. <laughs> you, made, you made my horse friend shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, let's go ahead and go to question two. One important aspect in 5e combat that new players need to keep in mind is the fact that you don't need to use your action to attack or cast a spell. There are a plethora of options such as the hide, dash, disengage, dodge, help, search, and ready actions. I am going to give you a hypothetical use of specifically the ready action in combat, but there is an aspect of it that is done incorrectly. The first person to correctly identify that issue gets to roll damage. I am playing my beloved character, the level 2 wizard Svendo the Friendo, and just rolled initiative for combat. I have decided that I want to ready my action, so I specify that if the enemy monster attacks one of my fellow party members, I will attack him with Booming Blade. When it gets to the monster's turn, it does in fact use this action to attack my ally, so I use my reaction to move closer to him and use Booming Blade. Cameron, you were first. Uh, you can't ready a reaction. That is incorrect. What? You, uh, he readied a action. He can't take a reaction to move. The, the action would just be casting the spell. That is correct. So the ready action only allows you to transfer your stated action into a reaction upon a specified event that is triggered. You cannot use the ready action to also move on that uh, re reaction. I thought it was going to be nice. something about losing a spell. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. But nice job. This Thanks. is level uh, one? I can't yeah, that was, play, that, that was pretty. Baby. I mean, that was pretty... Well, I don't know. <laughs> that was a little hard for, for round one, but oh. that's all right. Aiden, go ahead and uh, roll damage for me. That is a six. That's a crit. Ooh. Maybe plus one. That is seven more points of damage. Seven. All right. Question three. Bards are generally regarded as all-rounders when it comes to ability checks, especially considering their jack-of-all-trades ability. This next question is a simple yes or no question. Can a bard use their jack-of-all-trades ability on an initiative roll? Aiden, you're first. I'm going to say no, because you can't be proficient in an initiative roll. That is incorrect. Hammer. You can? All right. You can. Cameron, You that means you automatically get the answer right. Yeah, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say all the bards <laughs> I know definitely fucking can. 
Oh yeah, good job. Yes. Yeah, so Woo! starting starting at second. On that one. There we go. Yeah. Aiden got got. Aiden I got, did got. get got. I played a bard and I never. I play <laughs> bards very often and I never knew that. Yes. Yeah, so starting at second level, bards can add half of your proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check they make that doesn't already include your proficiency bonus. Wow. Since you cannot be proficient in initiative, but initiative roll is an ability check, it's a dexterity check, you can use Jack of All Trades for your initiative roll. Well, that's good to know. Man, this yeah, is- fun fact. I've played D&D, and this is complete gibberish, so anyone who has <laughs> no idea what the fuck Mitch is talking about- Yeah, this is definitely a niche market here, but you'd be surprised. A lot of people play uh, D&D. Yeah, so, um, can- I rolled hey, an at 20. Oh, What? <laughs> no, I actually, I actually rolled a four. A so four, a five okay, so damage. total of five. Okay, very nice. This is question four. This is a simple one. Magic Missile is a spell that is well known for its reliability above its power, as opposed to most other spells that require an attack roll for the target to make a saving throw. Magic Missile always hits, except for one exception. What is that exception? You know, I feel I feel bad I'm taking these. I'll defer to Connor on this one. Is that legal? You're You're in charge. Yeah, that's Is fair. It? I'll allow you to do that. <laughs> fair enough. Connor. I'm going to say unless the receiver is able to deflect the missiles. Okay, that's generally correct, but do you know the avenue in which that is done? Um, I know. You're like almost there. Yeah, monks can can deflect projectiles. Oh, um, that's actually not... That's actually not a horrible answer. That's not incorrect, and I didn't take it into account. I'm pretty sure that monks can block. Monks monk or can reflect missiles, but I don't yes, know if they that can. magic missiles, but yeah. Um, you it's know what? Any projectile they can uh, block. And, yeah, I'm not sure if it's. It, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's considered. I think you a projectile. just reduce the, the damage from a, a ranged attack, right? You yeah, can. Well, you can, you can also catch projectiles. Yeah. Yeah. As a monk. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Cameron, you're next. If you get it specifically, I'll give it to you. But if not, I'll give it to Connor. What was the fucking question? Oh, God. <laughs> so, magic missile uh, always hits except for one exception. What is the exception? Always hits except for one exception. Um, would it be incorrect to say you're out of spell slots and can't, or, and or cantrips if you cannot cast it? It oh, cannot no, hit. if you can't cast it, then no, that's a whole- <laughs> Is that on. not correct? Is that <laughs> I, not <laughs> correct? When doesn't it hit when you can't use it? No, that's like- 100% of the time you can't use the spell, it does not hit. I rest gonna, my case. I'm going to give it to Connor on yeah, that I, one. I have, uh, let me uh, two, I have two real cases. <laughs> yeah, I- I uh, go ahead, Aiden. Tell us what you think it is. Line of sight and the shield spell reaction. I'm pretty sure actually magic missile ignores line of sight. Oh I'm my god, you're certain. such you don't an have idiot. To be able to see the target? No, no, you don't even need to have to see the target. For it to hit. But you do believe. have to be able yeah. to cast the spell, Mitch. But it Tell is, me I'm it wrong. It is the shield <laughs> spell. That is the answer. Yeah, the shield spell for, right? is the correct answer, which is is basically what you said, Connor. You just didn't say specifically the shield spell, Dude, but cool. I'll still give it to you. So, Connor, go ahead and uh, roll roll damage here. Roll a d6 for me. Excellent. Let me add a... That's a... One. Plus Plus one! one. (laughs) That's two. So, two. All right, well... (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, Aiden's help didn't really help that much. Um, Let's go ahead and go to question five. The threat is not killed yet, actually. Yeah. Mm, Looks like Aiden's about to get his shit rocked. I know, right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see, we'll see. This is question five. 
One potential factor towards D&D's current success and popularity with new generations is the popularity of the Netflix original series Stranger Things and its inclusion of D&D to better explain the supernatural aspects of the show. Although Demodogs and Demobats are not real D&D creatures, the Demogorgon, the Mind Flayer, and Vecna are. In D&D 5th Edition, which of these three monsters has the lowest CR or challenge rating? Connor. Um, ooh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Mind Flayer. That is correct. Let's go. Let's go. Nice job. So Vecna and the Demogorgon actually have the same CR of 26, while the Mind Flayer has only a challenge rating of 7. Whoa. Interestingly enough, oh, interestingly shit. enough, fun fact for all the people, all the Stranger Things fans out there, but not necessarily. Don't spoil it. No, I'm, I'm not going to. The but, last two episodes. Yeah, I have to watch the last for all one of the. Tonight. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. But for interesting enough, for for all of those Stranger Things fans, but not necessarily D and D, there is absolutely no relation between, like lore wise, between any of the three of those things. Like they have absolutely nothing to do with with each other. Um, they're all part of the upside down in D and D lore. Jesus. Because the Mind Flayer is basically like an alien Cthulhu. Uh, who yeah, takes over minds. Uh, the Demogorgon is like a giant demon prince. And then uh, Vecna is a, is a lich. He's a big a, a angry baboon man. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, with two Come heads, on. which the Demogorgon in Stranger Things doesn't have two heads either. So kind of interesting. He's got well, ca- that flower thing. Yeah. yeah that's I, kinda- I, I will admit it looks pretty cool. And it I looks think actually gross. It does. I don't know if um it was Wizards of the Coast who made figures for those, but you can like buy D and D figures and do like a Stranger Things kind of thing. I think they have a whole Stranger yeah, Things campaign thing. you can run. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I'd, I'd be interested in doing that. Dibs on Steve. Anyway. <laughs> I think you'd make your own characters. That's how it works. I want to be Steve. I'm Steve Harrington. <laughs> Steve season three cracked. Or season two, yeah. Steve. I think every season, Steve is no other than season, maybe season one. Season one Steve sucks dick. I mean, better than okay. We don't want to go into too big of a Stranger Things uh, route, but I would I would argue that Jonathan is ten times worse than Steve in season one. He took photos of Nancy while she was uh, like half naked, and that is very creepy. And I don't blame Steve for breaking his uh, for breaking Jonathan's uh, camera with those photos. I don't on remember it. that, but if that's true, that's fucking weird. Yeah, it is weird. I don't Connor know why people stand. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Connor, go ahead and roll damage. We'll see if you can kill it. All right. Raiden wants you to. I might have swung soft the last time, but this time I'll get him. He'll conquer these cold balls. Yeah. yeah. No uh-huh. more kisses for yeah. you. What'd you roll? Okay. I rolled three damage. All right. So four total. All right. Uh, let me do some math here. Beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. Luckily for Aiden, you were able to Let's defeat go! the <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> I came in and actually, for you, big guy. It was one one point of, of difference. Ooh. So yeah, very close. Very close. Very nice. Well, let's go ahead uh before we move on to the next room. Uh what is everybody's point situation looking like here? I've dealt ten damage. Okay. I am at six points. Six? Okay, and Cameron? I've dealt five damage. But I had right. a bunch of good one-liners while I was doing it. Yeah. That's fair. Which is That's all that fair. matters. All right. Well, good. Well, let's go ahead and go to round two. With the kobolds all brutally murdered, you look, forward to, <laughs> you look forward to see that the cave continues on. You cautiously approach and begin to hear the sound of chanting. Peering inside, you see red dragonborn cultists and flowing black robes. 
They seem to be worshipping some sort of dragon statue in the corner with their backs to you. You see that the skid marks left by Dante yeah. the Stallion's body. <laughs> God. Hey, look Continue. at all that shit. <laughs> well, oh, you'd be surprised. I mean, horses, man, you know. Uh, the skid marks <laughs> left. <laughs> God damn it. The skid marks left by Dante the Stallion's body continue past this room. So let's go ahead and go to question six. For anyone who has ever played D&D, they know the feeling of dread that comes when their beloved character's life is on the line. For this question, I will give you a hypothetical scenario. Bruce the Brash is my beloved level one fighter with a max HP of 14. Throughout combat with a bugbear, Bruce has been reduced to one HP. Unfortunately for Bruce, it is the bugbear's turn and it successfully lands its attack and deals 14 points of damage. What is the end result of that attack in regards to my beloved Bruce the Brash? Cameron, you're first. Uh, Bruce is knocked unconscious and then will have to make a death saving throw his next turn. That is correct. Wow. Nice one. Yeah, nice. So it. fortunately for Brucey, he had one HP and, the, and a max of 14. So the 14 damage only knocks him unconscious. But... If the bugbear had dealt just one more point of damage, it would have killed him outright. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a yeah. death. If it yeah, hits because more, it, if it hits one if you more hit than your more HP. than the max, then, yeah, if it hits more than the max, then, uh, including the, the HP left, then it outright kills the person. Bruce to death kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm scared yeah, of learning shit about D&D tonight. Yeah, there we go. Well, you got it right. Nice job. Nice what, job. Am I rolling a D6 again? Yeah, go ahead and roll a D6, and then a, the modifier is now two. Damn, I only rolled a one. One, so I mean that's three points. three points. Not bad. Could have been nine. Cultists. Nope, could have been eight. Were the cultists <laughs> talking about their cases too? No, they were the ones Maybe. who were kissing the kobold. Yeah, oh, exactly. They were like, ooga, ooga, ooga. Kobolds. They were having karaoke <laughs> night. Yeah, are exactly. the kobold The Are they the ones that carry the candles around all the time? Is that just in World of Warcraft? Maybe just World of Warcraft. Well, I'm not super fuck. well versed on World of Warcraft, to be honest. But well, they got cob, cobla, cob, cob, cobblers, peach cobbler. Cobalts in D and D are well known for like traps and like living in caves and such. They kind of um, look like uh, whiskery rat men, but standing on. Never mind. This is no. Not, they're there's like, no they're like dragon. They're like lizard. Yeah, they're little like dragon guys. Oh wow! Yeah, that's what a cobalt is. World of Blizzard. What the fuck you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, good job. Very good. Very good. Thanks. Um, let's go ahead and go to question seven. Still to this day, there is a lot of confusion as to how surprise works in D&D 5e. Let's go ahead and set the record straight. I'm going to give you a hypothetical situation. My precious paladin named Alec the Altruistic and his trusty companion Cooper the Cooped Up Decide to sneak up and try to surprise the greatest enemy, Logan the Ludicrous. <laughs> Fuck you, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> so three characters. Paladin named Alec the Altruistic, Cooper the Cooped Up, um, and they're attacking Logan the Ludicrous. Alec and Cooper both attempt to stealth, and while Cooper successfully beats Logan's passive perception, Alec the Altruistic does not in his full plate armor. Cooper decides to take this opportunity to attack, so everyone rolls initiative. The order of initiative ends up as follows. Logan the Ludicrous, Alec the Altruistic, then Cooper the Cooped Up. Who is the first person who is able to do anything in combat? 
Looks like Aiden, you are first. Yeah, the answer is Logan the Ludicrous, because surprise is not around. It is a condition, so he still acts first, but he just operates under the surprise condition. Um, Did you say he was first on the initiative order? Who rolled he first? Is for, yes. Yeah, I yeah, disagree. Yeah, Lo- Logan the Ludicrous is first in the initiative order. That's accurate. But specifically, I said, who is the first person who is able to do anything oh, in combat? he takes his turn. No. Yeah, but he he's not able to do anything on oh, his turn. If you're fair. surprised, yeah. you lose your turn. So yeah. I'm not going to give that to you, Bummer. but uh, but Cameron. So let me recap. So Alec fails the stealth check, correct, to beat the the passive perception of Logan the Ludicrous. But Cooper succeeds. On, succeeds on a surprise. Exactly. So Alec is going to be the first one who can do something because he is not surprised by Cooper, but. The surprises only affects Logan because would Logan even be that surprised? is correct. So while Logan the Ludicrous did perceive Alec the altruistic, he did not notice Cooper the cooped up, which means that Logan had been rendered under the surprise condition. But that has no effect on initiative. Even though Logan rolled first on the initiative, he can't do anything on his turn. So the first person to act in combat is Alec the altruistic, even though it was Cooper the cooped up who initiated combat. I feel it's a nice job, Cameron. Here. <laughs> well, too bad. You weren't paying attention close enough. Uh, uh, Cameron, go I, ahead. I, rolled, I thought you were going for a I rolled thing. a six. A six? Okay. Ooh. So eight total points for you, Cameron. Very nice. Cam's doing, yeah, Cam's doing well. First two questions I'm here. I'm beating Very up nice. these guys who are kissing <laughs> lizard babies. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Little lizard babies. Let's go ahead and go to question eight. One funny meme that goes around the D&D community regarding the rules of 5th edition is that there is a maximum amount of damage you can take from fall damage. For that reason, if your character were to be dropped from orbit, they would take the same amount of damage if they fell from 200 feet. This question is simple. Formatted as XDX, what is the maximum amount of damage you can take from fall damage? Aiden, looks like you're first. 20d6. That is... Accurate. Bing mong. Yeah, so so fall damage is five in five E is calculated at one D six damage per every ten feet that creature falls. The cap is two hundred feet, so the most you can take damage from fall damage is twenty D six. Which is enough to kill you a lot. Yeah. That is well, three plus But two. funnily enough, it's totally survivable for higher level characters. <laughs> so you could be dropped from orbit and your level, you know, seventeen paladin could survive it pretty easily. Little fun fact for you. Yeah. All right, go ahead and roll I damage did. there. Three plus two. What'd you get? So five. Okay, five. Five. A friend in my party uh, levitated my character and then and then let me go from like sixty feet up. Oh we were no! Only like level <laughs> like three. And you were knocked unconscious, assumedly. I was a wizard, so I asked my DM if I could remember feather fall, like mid fall. Oh, that's nice. And Did he let you do that? Only because I rolled a nat 20. <laughs> okay, uh, nice, nice, nice. He said anything else, I would have died. <laughs> yeah. Rules is written, I wouldn't, let, wouldn't uh, technically speaking, that's not, but that wouldn't think, be it. But, but if you think very, very hard. That's well, what I one, of, one of the most important rules in D&D is the rule of cool. Yeah. So, I, I appreciate that. All right. Well, nice job, Aiden. That's five points yeah. for you. Let's go ahead and go to question nine. This is a simple one. Which official spell is described as being the most powerful spell a mortal creature can cast? Aiden. Wish. 
That is correct. W. The wish spell. Wish is described as uh, by simply speaking aloud, you can alter the very foundations of reality in accord with your own desires. Very, very powerful spell. Very powerful. Very nice. This All right, Aiden, go ahead and broken. roll it. That's a six, baby. All Great. right. Eight. Eight for you as well. All right. So this is question 10. This next question is multiple choice. There are plenty of monsters that are threatening because of their strength and potential to kill your characters. But what D&D monster threatens your character's equipment? Is it A, the Corrosive Devil, B, the Rust Monster, C, Gelatinous Cube, or D, a Fetch? Aiden, you buzzed in first. Uh, I, it's a, a B, a Rust Monster. That is correct. Nice job. Before anybody, or before you said the answers. That's fine. Flex. Flex. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so yes it is the rust monster i was hoping that the name would be uh stupid enough that people would think it wasn't the rust monster uh but yes so any non-magical and metal weapon corrodes if you attack it and it can even use uh an action to corrode a metal item as well it can even sense metal of any kind within 30 feet of it so very very troubling monster if you are a low level party and you don't have magic items is the gelatinous cube the one that can just, like, eat weapon and then that's how strong it gets? Uh, it eats people, but yeah. It's oh. a big old cube. Yeah, it's a I big love old those because they're invisible until you, like, yeah, they're, walk they're crazy. Uh, all right, Aiden, go ahead and roll damage. Already if you did. don't roll high enough. Oh, what'd you roll? What is that, that is six. Oh, my ah. gosh. All right. Eight another eight. Uh, you are able to defeat the last of Ooh. the Dragonborn, so congrats. Backflip right. in, backflip out. Before we look at scores, let's go ahead and uh, pause for an ad break. Do you wish that you could play D&D, but you don't know anyone else who knows how to play? Call your local nerd. They surely know how to play, and they'll, they'll get you going. Call your local nerd today. Yeah. D&D isn't just a, a plot device nerd. for Stranger Things. It's an actually fun game that you don't need to be nerdy to play. It's play very, the very game. Says I know the it sound, The stigma is <laughs> it's a nerd thing. Play the game one time and you'll it'll be fun. You'll enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you'll understand. You got to go all in. You got to like role play. You got to you got to do it right. And I guarantee you, you will enjoy it. Half I of will Hollywood say, plays D&D. Yes, actually, a ton of Hollywood plays D&D, so you'd be cool if you did it. You'd be part of them. Um, don't and I be, will don't say... Us, don't aspire to be like the people well, in Hollywood. Well, but aspire to be the people in Hollywood in regards to D&D. &D. <laughs> yeah, and that is it. Do not yeah. take any other life advice or... I don't know, Scientology is pretty cool. After seeing Top Gun Maverick, oh, God. you know, I'm like... <laughs> I will say, D&D &D is probably, at this point, the most creative... Uh, you know, pastime that I have. So um, I, thought, I, I thought you were going to ludicrous, like most creative pastime ever. Uh, oh no, I was, I <laughs> no, was, but it's, I was geared yeah. up. Yeah, not necessarily ever, but uh, it is very, very creative if you go all in on it. So definitely, if you if you want to play D and D, it's fun. Uh, you've always wanted to try. It. And worst comes to worst, yeah, email bus one trivia, and we'll we'll we might be able to get you set up with a one shot just to get you interested or something like that. That'd be fun. For the low cost of thirty nine ninety nine. Maybe maybe if you want Cameron <laughs> maybe for free. if you want Cameron the can't take can't Cameron the can't take Chris to run your game, you have to pay money, apparently. Yeah. If it's if it's I'll pay you money. Aiden or I, then you know, we could we could maybe be convinced to do it for free. Can you imagine a random person doing Ill's Ripsy? Oh my gosh. Aiden. I'm sorry, you're <laughs> ripping can't. what? 
<laughs> I, it was a one shot that I did it called Ill's Ripsy. It was the most mind-bending one shot. It was a very mind-bending one shot. I would have to redo it so that it's not so, uh, you know, new player unfriendly, but it's it's pretty mind-fucky. Well, let's, uh, before we go to, to level three here, let's go ahead and go over points. I know, Aiden, you're you're itching to tell me how many points you have. Not really, but I, I will if you want me to. Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead, is, tell I me. I believe 31. Oh my gosh. All right, 31 for Aiden. Cameron? 16. Okay, 16. And Connor? I, I missed all my swings that round. I'm still at six points. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we could we could change it all here. Plus, this this threat, I'm going to introduce it here in a second. It might be a little, uh, might be a little difficult to, to defeat this time. You cautiously enter this room, this third and last room, to find that it's apparently empty for the most part. A large hole in the ceiling concentrates the morning sunlight through, lighting the room fairly well. In the corner, you see Dante the Stallion, and thank the gods, he's still breathing, but likely still knocked out from the tranquilizers. Still covered in shit. They must have been horse tranquilizers. You rush onto... <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think you mean half horse tranquilizers. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Sorry, no, 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 sorry, no, no, no. Half- they were horse tranquilizers, centaur. and he was getting high. <laughs> <laughs> you rush over to Dante, but not before. Boom! Landing in front of you is an adult red dragon. Smoke comes pouring out of his nostrils, and it lets out a roar, and it says, That's my dinner, and now you are my dessert. Let's go ahead and start round three. This is... (laughs) This is question 11. CR, or challenge rating, is a way to roughly measure how difficult an encounter can be so that a DM doesn't pose their players with a combat that's too difficult or too easy. In D&D 5e, which monster is the most difficult to defeat? There are two valid answers. Cameron. Uh, Tiamat, the five-headed dragon. That that is correct. Yeah. That is correct. Very nice. Yeah, so um, the two answers I would have accepted are both the same CR. We have a... Uh, maybe Connor uh, can guess the other one. I guess, yeah, sure. I guess Connor. If you do, do you have the second one, um, Cameron? I'll Cameron first since he buzzed in. Wait, you said there were two answers. correct answers. You're telling yes. me I don't get those points? No, 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 no. You get the points, but I'm interested to know if you know the second one. Oh, and I might, um, I might give uh, extra points to Connor if he knows it. So I know it's Tiamat because he's a boss. He's like the boss, right? She, I think. And then I'm gonna go. With uh, probably some other boss, I don't know. Fact, no. All right. Uh, no, that is incorrect. Connor, do you know? We've been playing a, a Baldur's or is it Descent? Into yeah, Descent Avernus. into Avernus. Very yeah. good. Yeah. So I know uh, Zeriel shows up in there, and she's pretty feisty. I'm gonna go with okay her. That's not a bad guess, but unfortunately, that's not correct. I was not confident. <laughs> Aiden, do you, yeah, Aiden, do you know do. the other one? I believe it's the Torask. It? That is correct, yeah. So, Cameron, you do get that point since you got one of the two first, though. I rolled a one. You rolled a one. Oof. So okay. Not a good start for this thing. Not a great start. All right. right. Well. But that's uh, my strategy. Yeah. Hit him weak at the first. Fair and enough. Not no, hit him weak well, that way. Well, luckily, the modifier is three, so that's uh, four points for hit you. Hit him weak that way, Aiden gets fucked up. Yeah, exactly. There Ouch. we go. <laughs> hey, we never know. We never know. I'm getting What can I say? Let's go, let's go to question 12. 
The alignment system in D&D has been critiqued as being too constraining and even downright problematic in modern D&D. Similarly to racial ability score bonuses, Wizards of the Coast has certainly strayed away from prescribing certain races with different alignments and characteristics. But there is an argument to be made about prescribing your own character's alignment. I'm going to describe a character's personality, and the person to buzz in first with the correct alignment gets to roll damage. That's fun. My character, Sam the Snide is a rogue with an overly depressing and edgy backstory. He is extraordinarily selfish and will steal anything he wants from his fellow party members. He has no qualms with torture or even murder if it furthers his own self-interest. Cameron, you're first. So he's definitely some kind of evil. Um, Okay. I'm going to go neutral evil. That is correct. Very nice. Yes, so... Neutral evil is a character who is personally motivated and selfish and is willing to do immoral things in order to achieve it. So, Cameron, it sounds like you rolled a three. Yeah, so seven. Six. Modifiers three. That's correct. Okay. <laughs> Just <Yes>. confirming. <laughs> any, any disagreement there? Okay. No, no, three plus three is six. You're correct. Well, uh, Cameron, you currently, are, you've hit twice here, so you're not doing too too poorly here. Yeah, but- fuck this dragon, right? Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's go to question well, I'm not 13. Fuck the dragon, Mitch. Whoa. Well, I mean, if it's a gold dragon, then maybe. Because the those fuck? things, well, those things can turn into humans. So. And that makes bestiality okay, kids. If, if it's a, if it's well, a donkey. Mitch is a gold digger confirmed. Donkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a donkey oh, in, in, in Shrek scenario. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. Dante the Stallion. I'm a, I'm a trophy wife. Yeah. Oh, Dinner. Dante the Stallion. Oh my God. Is da- <laughs> Dinner, oh wink, my wink, God. Nudge, nudge. Maybe we just oh, yeah, let maybe. him be, guys. Maybe yeah, maybe, Don- maybe they're in love. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have weird half centaur dragon oh, shit covered babies. <laughs> oh God, no. Called skid marks. Imagine no more. all the skid marks. Oh, no more. God. Skid mark junior. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no, right. can you imagine shit going uh, aerial? Oh, oh no. they'll leave skid marks in the sky. Let's go to question 13. <laughs> <laughs> skid right. marks in the sky, band name? Ooh. <laughs> this is question 13. This next question is simple. I'm going to describe a spell, and the first person to buzz in and correctly identify the spell gets to roll damage. Additionally for this question, I'm just going to continue to read the spell until someone buzzes in. Anytime you want, go ahead and hit the buzzer when you know it. I'm going to stop when I hear the buzzer, all right? Mm -hmm. So it is a second level transmutation spell that is, under normal circumstances, accessible to artificers, eldritch knights... All right, Cameron. Uh, get that from there. Transmute gold. That's incorrect. <laughs> you just you heard the words transmutation and just went for it, didn't you? Well, isn't transmute gold a level two spell? Uh, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I shot from the hip. Okay, I missed. <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right, that is incorrect. Uh, so let me continue with the description. So it is accessible to artificers, eldritch knights, arcane tricksters, wizards, gloom stalker rangers, and is it guild members. It costs one action to cast and has a range of touch. It has verbal, somatic, and the material components of powdered corn extract and a twisted loop of parchment. Its duration is one hour. Basically, you touch a length of rope that rises into the air until it hangs perpendicular to the ground. Uh, go ahead, Aiden. Rope trick. That is accurate. Very nice. Go ahead and roll damage. Extra dimensional space. That's a five. Plus three. That is right. eight, not nine. Nine, nine. 
here for all your math needs. Thank you, Cameron. Yes, yeah, so Rope Trick is actually one of my favorite spells. That's why I chose it for this one. Um, it is kind of a, a get-out-of-jail-free card, because like, if something Sounds wrong... Yeah, well... If something wrong goes goes down in like a, a dungeon and someone's like chasing your party and you just use rope trip, climb up into the hole and then like bring the rope in and you just hide, <laughs> you just hide for like an hour uh, and then leave when you when you feel like it. So it's pretty, pretty useful spell in my opinion, um, but definitely only um, available to certain classes. So and usually not classes that I play. So that's why only don't available for a limited time yeah. rope trick. <laughs> All right. Do you have someone chasing your party and also just <laughs> some rope lying around? <laughs> well, do you, you artifice in your free time? You can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you sure can teach this rope one. That's one, our mid round. One of my favorite <laughs> rope one trick. of my one of my favorite things about rope trick two is like in the material components, you don't. It doesn't actually say that you need rope, but then in the spell, it says you need rope. So it's just assumed that your D and D characters will have rope, which is fair because. It's like a basic item that you get at level, you know, when you make your character, but I just thought that was funny. I personally prefer the second level spell Twine Trick, where you just get a little bit of twine going. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fishing a line trick man myself. <laughs> Yo-yo That's tricks. Level... You just do the cat's <laughs> cradle. Level yeah. negative one spell. Walk the dog. <laughs> <laughs> All would right. that be a performance check? <laughs> oh, for sure it would be. Uh, let's go. I would, oh I would my say... god! I'm totally gonna play a yo-yo wielding uh fighter at some point. The guy just whips around two That'd yo-yos. Cool. I would say that is a if I were your DM and you asked me to to roll for a performance with your yo-yos, I would say to make a a dexterity performance check. It's probably what I would say Ooh, to do. Can they be metal yo-yos with spikes? Yeah, yeah. Yo, cool. We could we could homebrew that. We could homebrew that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Call uh, call me. Yo yo, um, oh, you gotta, okay. you'll get it. That's <laughs> yo-yo. all I got. Okay. <laughs> that yo yo, well, the yo yo. Probably what I would do is, uh, I'm trying to think. Do monks, if you have like monks, monk weapons, do they increase like your fists? Uh, as you level up, monks can use. Yeah, it's not really monks using weapons is not good normally because well in early levels it is but in like later levels your fists do more damage eventually than your weapons do but anyways sorry off topic i I bet monks could use (laughs) yo-yos yeah why not they're definitely (laughs) monk weapons sure all right let's go ahead and go to question 14 i am playing my trusty paladin ethan the etten and am in combat with a troublesome kenku with my trusty dagger when i roll to hit kenku i roll a natural 20 which is a critical hit I automatically hit, so I decide to add a level one smite. How many of each dice am I rolling? Cameron, you're Mitch, first. What what level was Ethan? Uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> how many of <laughs> each dice? Yes. So yes. How many of each dice does he roll for a smite? So he's attacking with his dagger. He gets a critical hit, and he decides to add a smite to it. So he rolls a d twenty for the crit that's fair yeah implied all right um i think a dagger is a d4 okay uh it could be a d6 uh and then a smite i think is a d6 so final answer 1d20 1d4 1d6 that is incorrect fuck me aiden you are next dagger is a d4 crit so that's 2d4 and a smite is a oh you're right god damn it 
So that would be 2d4, 1d8. I believe there is a weird thing about Smite, so I, I but I'm going to let That is incorrect. Oh, shoot. That is incorrect. Yeah. Okay. Connor, it's up to you. All right, give it to me. I think I got it. I think I'm ready to give it a crack. Okay. I'm going to go with 2d4 for the dagger with the crit. And I'm going to go with the d6 for Smite. 1D6. I'm so that stupid. is also incorrect. Bitch, can so I amend my answer because I'm an idiot? <laughs> you can't change it, but if you want to tell me what it is, then yes. go ahead. Uh, you roll 2D8. Just because mend the, your pride. The smite die yeah. is a D8, but you crit and you double all your dice. Yeah, so that that is the great thing about Paladins, is oh. you can choose to smite after you hit, and you would because you crit, you would also double the smite damage. Jesus Christ, that's broken. Is there a weird yeah, thing with Paladins smite? Like, really if they're strong. undead, it's another D8? Because that's what I was thinking about. Um, it might I think it that depend, it might depend on the subclass, but it's a Kenku that you're yeah, fighting. So, so that I'd like to class. point out that I'm the only one who mentioned you'd have to roll a D20 to that get That is fair. Well, that's fair. Sure. That, so. Fair enough. Well, uh, I win nothing, but. No, I, you win nothing. So yeah, just to just to clarify, so uh, I would double the damage of my dagger, which would be two d fours, and then also du- double the rolls of my smite damage as well. At level one, a smite is two d eight, so doubling that would be four d eight. So four. in total, yeah, four. Is it two per level? I don't play paladins. I guess is what I've learned uh, here. No, no, no. So what it is is yeah, that, that's actually good. Or is I didn't it even one pay attention to what you're saying. Level? No, so one a level one smite, mom. a level one smite is two d eight. Or, yeah, 2d8, and then any yeah. level above that is adding a d8 to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, in total, it would be 2d4 plus 48. Damn, Plus damn. 48 yeah. what? That's damage. <laughs> damage. <laughs> Smite damage. Radiant. You do 48 damage? Or d8s. Why damage. would you keep 48? What about 49? <laughs> There's no such thing as a... Well, technically, there is such thing as a d9, but anyways, we won't get into that. All right. Uh, I do want a d3 What about some these point. nuts? Oh my god. You god. walked into it. You walked uh, into it. Sure. Fair enough. I'm cantankerous. <laughs> Let's cantankerous. So none of you none of I'm you all of you miss. All of you miss. So no Uh-oh. points. That that is not looking good when it comes to the damage on this creature. No. So <laughs> Yeah, I may not want to answer That's the next I was thinking. Question. Cameron I think is beating me right now. I'll just let him take the hit. Well, I'm pretty oh, sure you have 31 yeah, points. Yeah, I didn't. I, it's whoever did the most damage to it. In well, the it's round, this yeah. round. Yeah, to this Yeah, to this round oh, specifically. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I gotta go for it. Uh-oh, my six points might come in handy. Well, you know, you never know. You never know. It's the last question, so it's gonna be hard. All right. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical turn in combat. I want you to listen carefully, write down each rule broken or inconsistency. After everyone has written down as many as they can, I'll just set an arbitrary time limit. The person to tell me the most rules broken gets to roll damage. If you give me a problem that I didn't have down, you may try to convince me of its validity. My halfling rogue character, Joe the Small, is fighting fighting a group of kobolds. First, I use my free action to remove a mask. I was sitting crisscross applesauce, so I use half of my movement to stand up. Already within my effective attack range of five feet with my whip, I get a bit cheeky and use my cunning action to disengage as a bonus action, using five feet of movement to move outside of, then another five feet of movement to, to back into my effective attack range, thus using the remainder of my movement. I decide to make an insight check against the kobolds to see how strong they are. 
but roll a nat 1, which is a critical failure. So the DM tells me that I mistakenly think the kobolds are extremely strong. I lick my lips as I realize that because of one of my allies is within 10 feet of my target, I will receive sneak attack damage if I hit. I attack, but unfortunately roll a nat 1, which is a critical failure. The DM determines that my whip breaks and is unusable until I try to fix it after combat. I pout, as now I cannot use my extra attack due to any lack of any other weapon. Uh, Mitch, I may have an answer. I think I also may have an answer. I don't know. I mean, all of you will answer, but can I'll, I go, I'll go first? Ahead and... Go for it. Sean. I'm not going to be right, and I I want the people with real answers to to go second. Uh, you mistakenly think I'm going to get anywhere close to this. So, Connor, if you're ready, go ahead. Okay. My my first issue with this is that as a halfling, there is no way that your ginormous feet will allow you to say crisscross <laughs> applesauce. Halflings so, are not hobbits. So <laughs> they don't have big feet. Already already you're in trouble. <laughs> okay. That is um, rolling in his grave. Second off, you, you've already used your um, free action, um, and then you try to lick your lips, <laughs> and then you try to pout too? Come on now. That's way too many facial features for six seconds. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> That's not a horrible argument. I will give you one. I'll give you one because that's funny. <laughs> that's that's what you get. <laughs> um, I, technically speaking, I guess you don't need to even use a free action to make facial expressions, but I I'll give you that one. <laughs> if, you, if you really go like hardcore, you know, anal rules, then perhaps you could that could be argued at a certain table. It's one <laughs> turn, Mitch. <laughs> All right, let's go then. Uh, who wants to go second? Cameron, go for it. Uh so. I take issue, maybe, if it's correct, uh, with the, the effective attack range of a whip is only five feet. That seems kind of small. That is accurate. That's one. Um, I bet you could use cunning action to disengage. But if you use five feet of movement to move outside of and then back into, there's an opportunity attack, right? That is incorrect. Okay, well, I'm going to keep going. Um, Go ahead. Uh, you couldn't make an insight check in the middle of combat because you've already used your free action. Mm, that's incorrect. Uh, no sneak attack damage. Like you, in in what way specifically? I, guess. I don't fucking know. That's all okay. I got. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I'll one. Okay, so you right. tied with Connor. I got a couple. All right, Aiden, you got all a couple. Right. Go, go ahead, give it to me. First, can't crit fail on a skill check. So that is accurate. That's one. Um, second, you do need to make a, use an action to make an ability check in combat. So yep. that is another one. Uh, sneak attack, you have to be within five feet of the target, right. not ten. Uh, the effective whip range is ten feet, but being in five, I think, is still effective, so I'm not sure if that's one. Um, uh, item breaking isn't technically raw, but you said the DM rules, so that one's kind of iffy. Um, rogues don't have extra attack. Yeah. Don't know if right. crisscross is prone, but if it is, then the half movement is it, and if it's not, then you're fine. And also, I will count that as well. You yep. should still have two and a half feet of movement left because halflings have twenty five movement speed. <laughs> so you haven't well, used all of it. All yet. I hear is that. <laughs> Aiden, you definitely get that one. I'll, I'll go ahead and go over all the issues that I identified. Um, so yes, yeah, so standing up from sitting does not take half your movement because you're not prone. Um, a whip does have an effective range of 10 feet, not five feet, but you, you still technically can attack someone five feet with a whip, but I wouldn't call that the effective attack range. Um, you can, you're, you're right in that you can't crit 
failure on an ability check. You can only you can only have a critical failure on an attack roll. Um, so you you don't necessarily automatically fail if you roll a nat one on an ability check. That's something important that a lot of people get wrong. You're right for sneak attack damage. An ally needs to be within five feet. The other issue that you kind of got, but kind of danced around was um the halfling can't attack because he already used his action to make an insight check so i got more than you did more than me i think so well no you're 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 right but there there are more too uh you were also right in saying that rogues don't get an extra attack um but the other issue that i think was probably the hardest to to rule out was if he had had an, an an extra attack uh rogues would you technically would have been able to make an unarmed strike if your if your weapon uh, broke? So saying that you couldn't do an extra attack because you're you're you don't have a weapon anymore is inaccurate because technically you can do an unarmed yeah. strike. But Aiden, you definitely got that by far. <laughs> you yeah. got the most. Uh, so go ahead and roll damage. Cool. Oh wait, I didn't want to do that. Well, well too, too bad. Too bad. Oh, that's not even great. That's a two plus three gives me five. With the missed answer, unfortunately, that means that the dragon is not dead. You do end up killing it, but uh, who did the most damage? Hang on. Eat him up, Mr. Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him up. And and get the Cameron Cantankerous guy while you're at it. No, I got canker sauce. You don't want to touch me. Hey, you don't want to touch me. Yeah, Aiden, I think you got the most. Because Cameron, you got 10 from that round. And Aiden, you got uh, 14. thirteen from that round. 13. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna see how much, how many, uh, how many uh, points are taken from you here, Aiden. Hang on a second. <laughs> how many dice is it? I'm not even gonna tell you. I'm just oh, gonna do no. it. No. Oh. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Never good no. when the DM laughs. If I lose this that episode, is, that is ten points. Oh jeez. The dragon the dragon lashes out at the person who does the most damage, oh. which is Aiden, uh, dealing ten points of damage and decreasing your score by ten. Can I use uncanny dodge to have that? No. <laughs> I think Aiden still may win. Have one. Uh, Get him again. Well, we Get still again. we still have the challenge rule. Uh, yeah. We have not done that. No one's Ow. challenged anything oh. I've said. Um, so let's go ahead and, and go to that though. But luckily, uh, as sort of a conclusion, with the dragon vanquish, you rush over to Dante the Stallion, who is inching back to consciousness and gives you a weak smile. You wait for a while until Dante is able to move and return to the road, continuing your journey to Waterdeep. Aww. Dante, you're now. full of shit, man. <laughs> not anymore. No, not anymore. Yes. <laughs> you, sh- you shit yourself. That's how we followed you in here. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Uh, Take does a probiotic. A, Good thing does anyone have a guess? Beans. Does anyone have a guess for the challenge rule? Because keep in mind, if you guess now, if you get it correct, that means that you get your your modifier of, of three. But if you get it wrong, then you lose the amount of points. Well, you you crit, so you get a bunch of extra points. But if you lose, then you lose a bunch of points. You go can we can we review the yeah. scores? Yes, that way, if it makes sense for people to challenge. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, what what scores do you all have? I have thirty four now. Thirty four. I have twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. Hey, I got six. Six. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you know, brother. you're getting there. Um, you can roll a bunch on this roll because it's remember it's a crit, so it's it's you double the the damage rolled, so it is possible to come back from here from this. But keep in mind, if you get it wrong, it's a big risk. Um, I'm going to die on this hill. 
I'm going to challenge the fact that if you cannot cast Magic Missile, it is a situation in which <sighs> it does not hit. But you, you don't. You you can't miss something that you don't shoot. That's like the whole saying. Right, exactly. That's what Michael Jordan says. You miss right, 100% you, of the shots you don't take. Okay, bitch. but that's just a saying. Uh, I don't, don't know. You don't actually miss when Was you Was that a Wayne Gretzky shoot. quote? I think that's a Wayne Gretzky. I don't know. But Gretzky. you don't actually miss if you don't shoot. You so. miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's canon. Unfortunately, Cameron, that is incorrect. No, 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 that's I'm not, not committing to that answer. Actually, oh you know what? <laughs> Fuck you. Yes, I am. Okay, that you is are? incorrect. You're yeah, wrong. I'm going to deal damage to you here. You miss Ooh. 100% of the shots you don't take, Mitch. That's 10, that's 10 damage to you, Cameron. You lose I 20 points. <laughs> All right, any other guesses? If not, then I will tell you. I'm going to challenge yeah. okay. the alignment question. The align? Really? Didn't? Isn't that the one you yeah. got right? No, Cameron got it. Oh, okay. What, uh, what do you think it is instead of neutral evil? So the first one is like chaotic versus lawful. And they definitely sounded like chaotic actions but the uh second part is evil versus good and i think like pursuing actions purely for your own benefit is neutral even though their actions were like bad i'm going with that one so you think neutral evil i think chaotic neutral okay that's not a uh that's an alignment chaotic neutral um I can't think of an example, but it is an alignment. Yeah, uh, that's not not correct. I mean, maybe viewers might hate me for this, but the the reason why it's uh, it's a neutral evil is neutral is typically uh, defined as like being self motivated or like doing things that are in your own self interest, being selfish. And then evil is specifically the way you go about doing that, which is you do evil things to get what you want. As opposed to like neutral good would be doing good things to get what you want. Alignment's just so subjective, and that's why they cut it. <laughs> yeah, thinking. yeah, that's fair. But I, I feel like the way that I worded it was very probably clear. Is very very specific. Uh, so I will not give that to you. Unfortunately, uh, you might your character might die. Uh, oh no! Come it on, might do the conqueror. It might do. It might do more damage than you have HP wise right now. So. I'm here just to bring the party together, yeah. y'all. <laughs> The heart of the group. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it does seven damage to no! you. No! Hey, it's to So suddenly, Y'all can't suddenly, me. suddenly oh. you hear a little screech as uh, a dragon wormling comes plummeting down and killing Connor. No. <laughs> you have negative one points, Connor. Dang. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Aiden, do you have a... I mean, you kind of can't lose now, so... Well, I might. That's. Um, I definitely could. I do have two... Thoughts. That would be stupid. Don't do that. No, you because Cameron also lost ten, so I don't. Well, I don't yeah, think it's physically I, possible. Cameron, what are you at right now? Uh, your mom. Okay, thanks. When do I lose maximum like fifteen? So that's fine. I was more than five ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, I got two, and I'm going between them. Not my initial guess was the Jack of All Trades initiative thing. I'll stick with that one. I'm challenging the Rust Monster question. My thought is all of those monsters uh, deal damage because I think gelatinous cubes can dissolve objects that like it can't purposely attack your weapon but if you have suspend an object in a gelatinous cube it can't um, do damage to it so, that's a decent argument that wasn't what i was going for uh, i don't actually i don't actually know i mean technically speaking i feel like i would need to look at the the the, the, the sheet but i yeah. i'm not sure if a gelatinous cube eats the items it might but uh, i was definitely going for the the rust monster yeah. 
Because typically speaking, if you went, if you beat a gelatinous cube, your items wouldn't be really dissolved. So yeah, and, and also a a corrosive demon is not a real creature <laughs> or yeah. monster. So uh, I would say no. So let's see how much damage you you take from this dragon wormling. Oh, you just killed its mother. You fucking monster! I killed. Uh, so you lose thirteen. Oh shit. I think you still beat Cameron, All to right. be fair. What do you mean? I just dropped How many points do you have, Cameron? I have 16. I have 21. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. 44 to 21. All right. I will give you the uh I will give you the challenge question. And this one was I was hoping that one of you would get it, especially considering that two of you have have played at least partial in my campaign setting. So it's actually question 11. The CR question: Who has the who is the most difficult single creature to battle? Oh, um, so technically, while the Tarask and Tiamat have the highest CR, they're not the the most difficult or the the strongest individual creatures. In Mythic Odyssey of Theros, introduced oh. a new uh. introduced a new kind of encounter called a Mythic Encounter. It includes a few monsters that are difficult in their own right, but are able to be made more difficult by making them mythic encounters. Does it buff their CR? So is so, this like Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon kind of deal? It's, a, it's yeah. the three pieces of Exodia. There yeah. are five so, pieces of Exodia. You oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Trumocratus. Oh my god, this kid's out here saying three pieces of Exodia. I'm gonna <laughs> fucking lose it out. So Trumocratus is a kraken and technically is the most difficult singular creature as it, if run as a mythic encounter in the book, it's described as being two CR 26 creatures. Ow. You better sign up for the Yu-Gi-Oh episode, Aiden. I'm coming for you. <laughs> no, I don't, I never played Yu-Gi-Oh. I just oh watched, my God. I just watched Yu-Gi-Oh abridged. No. So, so for the record, uh, no Vecna, Vecna is CR 26. And so is the, so is the uh, Demogorgon. So two level 26 creatures that basically that D and or Wizards of the Coast refuses to go over thirty. Yeah. So to to get around that, Wizards they basically the said, "Suck my." They, ba- they basically said for this mythic encounter, it is two level twenty six creatures. Oh my gosh! So it's they kind of get around by by saying that even though it's one creature. So oh. that is the correct one. That's a difficult. What a bunch one of assholes! You wouldn't you wouldn't let yeah. us look at the books for Theros. So uh, how is I supposed to? Do? <laughs> um, well, we finished Theros at like months ago. Yeah, that so. is for like a year. Well, ago. We like a year ago. Uh, Mitch, we never finished Theros. That is true. We never finished Theros. All right. Well, nice. Oh, <laughs> we did it. Anyways, all right. Uh, so let's go ahead. Before we end, let's go ahead and reveal the scores. We know that Aiden won. Aiden, how many 21. how many points you get? Twenty one. No, Down Aiden. Forty four. <laughs> and Cameron? Yeah, sixteen. Sixteen, and then negative one for Connor. I tell you, but I'm dead. <laughs> Cameron, cast <laughs> exactly. revivify. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Well, folks, looks like we've rolled into the station, oh, so that's man. all the time we have. Thanks for riding bus one. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 I roll. I roll for.